Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton and our homeboy former blues defenseman this guy played in the nhl for a long ass time yeah he did like 11 years i never did no you didn't no never once years or 11 teams or both (laughs) jamie rivers joining us here gentlemen how goes it on a thursday how you doing Okay, how about you? What's left of this guy over I'm here? Good. Look man. at him, man. Looking better every yeah, time yeah. we see him. Yep, yep. I totally want to make now, what? boys. Wow, that's great. Congrats. That's crazy, and the better looking that he gets, the worse I feel about myself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's happens in the entire room. <laughs> that that's how I feel for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I figured, so we, we've got some things to talk about with, with big boy Colton signing a, a deal yesterday, and we definitely have some things to talk about, but... I know that you guys enjoy when I tell stories about how dumb that I am most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any other kind. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so you guys know, and we've talked about it a bunch. I'm getting a hernia surgery on Tuesday, right? So, yeah. this is the first surgical procedure that I have legitimately had since I was in the fourth grade and had tubes put in my ears. Like, so I have been out of the medical game for quite a while. Sure. I did not know. All right, that when say. Um, the company requests paperwork from the doctor's office that the doctor's office a lot of times will charge a fee to send the paperwork over. A processing over. fee. Yeah, a sure. processing, processing fee, fee of some It's hard to push that, yeah. send. That's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I had to you know, get paperwork to corporate, bah, 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 have them send it back to me. And, and so on Tuesday, while I was on the air, I happened to mention... How dumb I thought that it was that I had to pay the $20 for them to fill out one piece of paper. Well, it ended up being four pieces of paper, <laughs> and the doctor's office was absolutely listening at that particular oh, time. Oh, yay. The surgeon that I'm going to, you know. You're going to be asleep laying on the floor in front of him or on a table in front of him, and he's going to have a knife in his hand, and you just upset him is what you're saying. Are we still talking about the surgery? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Dude, I just, what I don't understand about myself <laughs> is is why am I so dumb? Well, it said, no, no, you're not dumb. You you preface this with the best reason in the world. Last time you were in a hospital was when you had your, your tubes tied or whatever the hell you said. Right, sure, right, right. Tried. Right, same thing, same thing. <laughs> Almost identical, Jeff. But Almost so, same thing. So I got a couple of, 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 of emails back from the, the, the surgeon's office, from the, the, the secretary there, mm-hmm. and I can't tell if she thought that it was funny or if it's like sort of a passive aggressive sort of thing. Is she being like snarky or what? No, 
but boy, we're kind of maybe riding the line to where I'm a little concerned. And I was always a little, I'm, mm. you know, I'm a little nervous anyway, just sure. because I haven't had no. it done. But then Mary, yesterday, just almost yells at me and says, what do you think he's going to do, Donnie? Mess up your hernia over a $20 complaint? That's a good point. Yeah, 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 you're right, yeah, That honey. $20 is really stuck in his craw right, right. now. He's going to screw up everything. What a scar you're going to have so because of that. I have questions. Okay. Okay. Um, one, are they still charging you the fee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing, right? See, I thought maybe they're listening. Maybe they're like, yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't charge this guy since he's on the air just basically berating us. I think yeah. that they probably want to charge me double now if I had to take a guess. If I had to take a guess. You're on two radio stations, man. You could shut them down. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then, and like, the one who holds the mic controls the conversation. Yeah, but you yeah. know what, though? Like, of all of the things in which that I'm not trying to do, I'm trying to put my mind at ease for this thing next week, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to put my mind, but then I got to open my big yapper, and then I have, to, I have to do that whole situation. Here's another thing you need to think about is that, uh, and you can look up the details on this, See if the day of your surgery, make sure it's not your surgeon's birthday. Look up those stats. Or his day off. Yeah, or his day off. That'd be bad, too. Mm-hmm. But if you look up statistics of surgeons doing surgery on their birthdays, like that's more often when they kill and maim people. So just check it out and see. What's your surgeon's name? I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got myself in enough trouble, man. <laughs> like, like, I just yeah. wanted to see if it was his birthday. Not... <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be, wasn't it? Yeah, it was going to be his birthday. It was 100% going to be his birthday. I, I, I believe that the last line I wrote in the email back to her was, in all fairness to myself, I haven't had a surgical procedure since 1986, so I have no idea how much any of this costs. And uh, and I have not heard back since. So where is where are they going in? Uh, well, it's the lithro-lithroscopic thing, so I guess they make like three incisions. You, uh, it'd be better if you took your pants down so I could see. Well, yeah, yeah. You guys don't get that freebie show. You don't. You don't get that. But it's like three incisions. Just trying to be professional. Free? <laughs> yeah, We're I think all it's, here. I think it's three incisions. Three incisions. Oh, yeah, you, oh, I had the, the same one. Okay. They're gonna go usually right in under the belly button, and then a couple ones over here, and then they kind of go in with a little scope and the little uh, tools, and they put the mesh in. And you know, and I know I don't want to. I, I gotta be careful about this, but. Do you know what I'm really not looking forward to? I don't know. Is after the surgery when I got to go the other one. You know what I'm when saying? You gotta, when you got to sit? When I got to sit. Why? Because of, pu- because of pushing? I would think that that for the first couple of days would be uncomfortable. Is that not uh, the case? I don't I think know. it was bad Okay. At all. all right, good. Good, good, good. I mean, if you hold it long enough, you're, you're almost touching cloth. That thing's going to fall out. <laughs> anyway, so. What? <laughs> I mean, it's just one way to do it, right? right. Yeah, just wait until the, you right. cannot wait any longer. All right, everybody. Sorry then then you don't have to push, at right? At that point, Perfect sense. as soon as you get to that jumping crouching jacks. tiger position. Maybe a little jumping jacks. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean for this one to go off the rails. I like it. But, uh, but you do. So next Friday. So next Friday, uh, at at your absolutely fantastic roast, I'm not going to be able to be there because I don't know that I'm going to be in the shape to be there, and I think that sucks, and I'm sorry. Uh, Johnny, I think that you should just crush down some painkillers and go. What could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Yeah, me on stage with painkillers. That sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah, you're going to be the only one on stage (laughs) not sober. Hello. Sounds like the 90s. (laughs) Hey, man. Like, hey, man, are you, like, at all nervous about this? Like, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's tell everybody what... What we're talking about. All right. Well, on Friday, uh, a week from tomorrow. Is it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. September 11th. September the 11th out at Centene Ice uh, Ice Center, there is going to be a roast for our dude, Jamie Rivers. Yeah. You are going to be one of the roasters, Jeff. Yeah, myself and Ian Bagg. Hello. And then uh, Martin Kilcoin. 
It's going to be crazy. And they're, they're rounding up a few other guys. Yeah. Do, do, can, uh, can I, as a person who's going to be doing the roasting, I'd like to yeah, know other people know. that are going to be there. I'm working on it, too, because I have the mic last. And so I'd like to know who all is going oh. to get up there. Oh. oh, boy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. I may have to rewrite some <laughs> of my stuff. <laughs> I get the mic last. Oh, I know. I can't wait, man. Jeffrey. I'm going to give you a list of things that are off the table. Yeah. Uh, but no, other that than that, doesn't exist. is Jimmy Campbell going to be there? I believe so. Okay, because you and he are half of my materials. So. <laughs> well, he's probably. I actually had to had to call <laughs> I had to call Bruce Affleck and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't be a part of this." Right. And I tried to call him Mr. Affleck no, twice. No, nope, no. not the, Bruce. Yeah. Bruce, and he like, but he was so unbelievably. He's actually about it. in my phone as beer drinking Bruce Affleck. Oh, that's it's even cooler. It's actually man. in my phone. I I scan it, sent him a screenshot uh, to show him that. He wrote back, uh, "Who is this?" <laughs> It's like, I thought I blocked this number. No, <laughs> Burton, you found me again. But everybody getting together to celebrate yeah. our, our good buddy Jamie, man. That's going to be a I'm really just, awesome time. I'm just so happy that throughout your career you've given me so much material Oh yeah, uh, for next Saturday. And now night. it's all fair game. Yeah. Now it's all fair game. There's yeah. no holding back. You guys uh-uh. can just unleash the fury, and I'm okay with it. You know, they approach me with it, and they're like, how would you be? I'm like, listen, a couple things here. One, I've verbally assaulted everybody in my path for many years now. And it's been done mostly with love. On the ice, maybe not so much. But off the ice, mostly with love. If I've given you grief, it's because I love you. Right. Okay? Yes. And so, one, I deserve whatever comes my way. Two, I've probably said it about myself Mm -hmm. as well. I am very self-deprecating, very honest about certain things, too. So, if you have a fastball, bring it. I'm... I'm happy to hear it. And if there's something new or something I forgot about, I will be thrilled to laugh at that and laugh at myself. And then, of course, at the end of it all, they hand me the mic and I can, well, we'll call it thank everybody (laughs) who's been a part of it. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of innocent bystanders who don't even stand up to roast me that they're going to get picked off at the end of that show. And that was going to be my other question. Those, do you know any of the alumni that's going to be there that won't actually be doing the roasting just like in the crowd or anything? Jeff, they've kept me kind of in the dark on this, uh, I think, purposely. So it's just kind of like during your career then? Pretty much where they've uh, they've basically taken the ice and left me in the locker room. Okay. Yeah. Dude's just warming up. They said, hey, if you feel like you want to fold some towels, go ahead. <laughs> Some water ready, dude. But that's oh, so that's you know it's so what's, cool. What, what an honor it is. It, I mean, really, it really is, is man. Yeah. It really is, and it's so crazy too to me that anybody would give a um, a professional athlete trouble in any regard, whether they played one minute as a professional athlete yeah, or yeah. twenty years. That. The, the, the athleticism to even get there for a second right, is yeah. incredible. And, and I would like to – I'm going to say this next Saturday too, but I'd like to preface this with you right now okay. by saying that, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very impressed with the way you used to play the hockey and everything because oh. I barely played at all, but I'm uh-huh. going to tear you up. I'm going to do my <laughs> okay. best. I'm going to do my best. To tear all right. You There's up. at least nine teams that felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can I write that down? You say that into my phone, please. <laughs> All right, don't don't put that thing near me. All right, so if if you want to go phone? and join uh, the the roast, uh, Ticketmaster dot com, yeah. uh, Jamie Rivers roast. You can find it. There's also links on the Point website on the 101 ESPN Blues website. Blues alumni, uh, they they have their social media page up at Twitter. Blues alumni, their Instagram, the St. Louis Blues main accounts have it on there. Um, yeah, it should be a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to a big turnout. Hopefully, there's a lot of local people show up because I've been here since 1993. That's crazy to think. Know that. a lot of people, so it's going to be awesome for those people to be a part of it as well. And talking to a few of the current Blues, there's a number of them that would like to be there as well. Guys who know me over the last 
you know, five or six years or so or even longer, and uh, they would like to show up and, and laugh uh, on my behalf. I would lo- <laughs> If I had the money, I would fly in both Babcock and Keenan. Oh, God. Well, that no, would turn, then it, but then that it, would be a bloodbath. Yeah, that would not true. be yeah, good. It, w- it wouldn't be good hearted. It, it wouldn't just be, be uh, me. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. It'd be a lineup. Would we actually physically roast them? You'd have to put be... them in one of those Hannibal Lecter like bulletproof <laughs> glass things. <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't just be Jamie going. No, it'd be, a li- yeah. it'd be a lineup. They'd be like. Uh, Number 17? <laughs> we only have the place till 11, guys. Let's wrap the basket it up. If you've already gone. <laughs> All right. So uh, just real quick, or not real quick, but on to, to some blues news. Oh. Yesterday, huge deal announced for Double Nickel, mm. Colton Pareko. Double Nickel. I eight, like that. Eight years. And, and, and Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the annual average value is somewhere in the six to six and a half million dollar range. Yeah, it's 6.5 for the duration of the contract. And what happens here, Donnie, is it ends up being nine years total because he has this season still at 5.5. So for a million dollar raise on the salary cap, it fluctuates. He's got a couple of years, three years that are 8 million. He's got a couple of years at the end, three years that are like 4 million or 4.5. For the duration of the contract, though, it's a salary cap hit of 6.5. So you're giving arguably one of the one of the top defensemen in the NHL. I don't mean elite. We're not going to go there, but he's in that category right below elite. You're locking him up for eight years. You're giving him a million dollar raise. It's incredible. It's, okay. it's an amazing deal. So here's the question for me, and I kind of know how you're going to answer it. Jeff and I kind of talked about this one already. Oh, there we go again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we <laughs> talked about what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even but better. I, but show <laughs> man, now. If, if you are Colton Pareko. All right. I wish I was. <laughs> Us too. What is your? Uh, listen, you're leaving significant money on the table here. I mean, are you though? Well, don't you think that if he went to free agency, don't you think he would be in the eight to nine million dollar no. range? You no. do not. No, I do not. Where not, do you think he would be? Seven, seven and a half. Seven, seven and a half, possibly, but he's not going to get eight years. So you have to do the math on that. Maybe he gets a five or six year deal from somebody else. So technically, then he's leaving two years on the table at the end of this, which is a lot of good job security for a guy like that. Okay, so, so but the big takeaway here is we both thought he'd be a eight and a half, nine million dollar yeah. player. You're saying no? No, as of right now, he's not. And okay. the the thing is, is that you have your Alex Petrangelo's, you have your Brent Burns, and all these guys. You know, Victor Hedman's. Although Victor Hedman's still only at a seven point five because Steve Eiserman's a damn wizard and locked <laughs> him up at that price. Uh, but your elite guys are making the nine to ten and a half million dollars somewhere in that range. I love Colton Pareko. You guys know I'm a huge fan. Not only as a player, as a person, as a leader, as a character, the guy represents the jersey. He's phenomenal. He's not an elite defenseman. Okay, and with the back problems that he had last year, one year coming up, unrestricted free agency after it's a big gamble for both sides. And so I think Colton Pareko, and according to Doug Armstrong. You know, Pareko and his representative said, listen, we're willing to wheel and deal on the annual value of this contract or the total dollar amount. He would like, Colton Pareko would like to make sure that he's pretty much going to be a St. Louis Blue for the rest of his career. So Doug Armstrong came at them, added a t- couple of years to the back end of the deal. Colton Pareko took a couple million dollars off the top of the, the whole dollar amount of the deal. And it worked out too for both sides. So Realistically, Doug Armstrong's famous for saying, you know, you leave a negotiation like this where both sides are uncomfortable a little bit. I don't think that happened here. I think the Blues are comfortable that they've got an, a, a very good defenseman. He could, could get to elite 
31-32, maybe he gets he finds that that last piece of his game and he becomes a guy that you can't go without. If so, it's a great deal for the Blues. But if not, even if he just stays the way he is right now, the current player, not one bit of improvement, it's a great deal for the St. Louis Blues. You have one of the best skating big men in the game, and we watched him just blossom a couple of years ago in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the way he can play defense and the way he handles the puck let alone his slap shot. He hasn't even tapped into any offensive prowess truly uh, out there yet. So uh, it's a great deal. I think this is a win-win contract situation. I think both sides are leaving this going, you know what, I'm happy. So, you know, one of the things that annoys me is when we uh, go to the game and the team is on the power play and you've got 12,000 people that are yelling, shoot, 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 shoot. And Jamie has said that the players really dig that. (laughs) Right, right. The funny thing is we have no idea when to shoot it (laughs) at all, ever. (laughs) You're going like this, going, tell me, now? So we're waiting sometimes. We pass around forever and like... Hello, Will you people. yell? Somebody let me know. <laughs> somebody, somebody. All right. But one of the things that I think that we've all seen is that Colton has got an amazing shot. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't know, man. Like, does he not use it enough? Does he not just wind it up and let her rip yeah. enough? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't use it enough in, in past seasons, for sure. Uh, he was still gaining confidence with it. it there is, even though he's an NHL defenseman and he's he's a very very good NHL defenseman, there's still a a comfort level when you're shooting the puck over 100 miles an hour. You'd like to have a really good idea where it's going, yeah, um, for many reasons. But for your teammates, mostly, you don't hit a guy right in the face or you know something where it's damaging. And Colton Pareko didn't quite have a handle on where that thing was going all the time, so you're reluctant sometimes. Now, he did do a lot better in the offseason two summers ago at working on his shot and getting it off and all that stuff. But his his back last year really held him back uh, uh, from being able to unleash that thing. So a lot of his shots were taking a little bit off of it or the wrist shot or uh, dispersing the puck to somebody else. So I'll be anxious to see what lies ahead for him this year because watching him right now skate he looks very healthy he's firing that thing at will right now so i'm i'm anticipating a guy that can contribute a little offensively but i don't think he's ever going to be that guy you rely upon i think he's a great accent piece to a second power play unit where you're like hey we're going to load it up we've got 35 seconds left on the power play uh face off in the other team zone we're going to try and load up old 55 here and just hammer that thing I think he could really do well in that kind of a spot. As far as a learning curve goes when you come into the NHL as a player, is there any one of the three positions that's harder to learn? Like, is learning the D? Because to me, again, outsider looking in, learning to play defense in the league would, to me, seems like it would be the hardest thing to learn as because as a goaltender you've got a lot of natural built-in skill you kind of know what you're doing that kind of thing you know for I don't know but it just seems like learning to be a, a, a big not even a big time but just even a steady NHL defenseman it takes time yeah there's well, go- all that skating backwards you got to learn how to do that yeah that that <laughs> yeah. could be problematic so one, again one of the things that held me back it is that and the coach and, and the, the coach coach, coach yeah. didn't like me yeah. and, and that one over. breakaway you missed oh, you know, had you scored that one breakaway. I'm not sure that was a regulation size goal <laughs> it may not I'm just been. saying. Not been. Or maybe not a regulation-sized goalie. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, no, the goalie position is very difficult to jump to the NHL because guys shoot the puck so well. I mean, they can put a puck right inside of an area that basically there's a millimeter on each side of that thing for it to fit into the net, and they find it consistently. So goalies have a lot of 
of uh, adjusting to do and to get to the NHL. After that, yeah, the defense position is really hard. You've got think of the talent on some of these guys around the NHL. Every team has a slew of guys that are super fast, super talented, and they're experienced guys. They've been doing it for a long time, some of these guys. So they know where teammates are. They don't have to look. They make passes. Things happen so fast out there. Learning to play defense where you're effective, where you're not, you know, struggling back there to identify plays, to keep up with the pace, to move the puck, to not get pucks picked off, all that stuff is very difficult. So I would say goalies probably, because you're the last line of defense, the goalie has the most pressure. I think that playing D is definitely the most difficult. Then I'd say playing center is very difficult because those guys play in both ends of the ice, 200-foot game, truly, face-offs, down low, all that stuff. And then the wingers, uh, it's still a very difficult position now. It's changed substantially over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, But out of all the positions, the wingers, um, they have an easier time when it comes to what they have to adjust to. But they have a tougher time when it comes to tracking pucks and getting in on the forecheck because they're relied upon heavily to create the pace of the game. So they, it's a whole other avenue of difficult. I, I feel like I've asked you this before. Um, do you think there'll ever be a hybrid player where somebody will dress as a forward and a defenseman? Kind of like a football player on both sides of the football? Um, and, and would there even be a need for that? Uh, I don't so know. I think like switch hitter in baseball. Yeah, but here's where I am with that is all you – all you have now is you look at guys that are defensemen that play really good offensively. So you look at Kale McCarr with the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, there's your hybrid. Mm. There's your hybrid. Victor Hedman, there's your, there's your hybrid. So you, don't, you, don't have to be labeled, you don't have to be labeled as a forward. You can be a defenseman that just turns into a forward on the other side of the just, ice. And, you know, Craig Berube's a big fan of that. If you look at the numbers specifically of some of the D-men while they were here and uh, Alex Petrangelo, he was encouraged, heavily encouraged to jump in and be a part of the play. And, and that's the way you create that offense. So is there a hybrid of a guy that just you know plays all over the place, kind of like wherever he wants? I don't think structurally that works, but I do think that the game has already created hybrids. When you watch players that are defensemen that are a part of every single offensive rush, those guys are your hi- your hybrid player. I mean, we've got an old hybrid player over here. I mean, he, you, how many times did you line up as a forward in your career? Oh, my God, a ton. In I the NHL, 30, I mean, is what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I played 35 games as a centerman in Boston. I did not know you played I didn't know that. And I played goalie in Boston. What? <laughs> yeah, we had Byron Defoe went down with an injury, and our GM was too cheap to call up a goalie for the week uh, of practice. And uh, so the, the head coach, Robbie Fatorik, comes in to me, and he's like, uh, hey, Riv, you ever play goalie? I'm like, well, yeah, I played some goalie. He's like, okay. He goes, uh, you're gonna play goalie this week. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you have the most block shots on the team. He goes, <laughs> I figure you don't mind getting hit with a puck, and now we're gonna give you all this fancy gear. So uh, oh, yeah, you're gonna play nice. goalie. Yeah, so, you're knocking down pucks without the gear on anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So I put on the goalie pads, the goalie gear, and I was I was our goalie, one of our goalies for the entire week of practice. Wow. So, yeah, wow. I've played every position. What can this man not do? That, that, that would that. I tried to get into a game in Florida. Almost happened. <laughs> what do you mean? You were like lobbying? You were trying for to it? chirp to you get were in like there. Lobbying? No, we had Roberto Luongo and our other goalie uh, went down in the morning skate, and so we had no goalies that were close to being called up for the Florida game for our game that night. Now we had one goalie that was close enough from some other East Coast Hockey League team that they were like, "Okay, bring this guy in." He was going to be our starter. We didn't have a backup. So Mike Keenan, who was in Florida, he comes in and tells me, he's like, uh, 
I may have to use you as a goalie tonight. I'm like, sign me up. Mm-hmm. I'm in. So the trainers made a jersey and everything. I, w- I was putting on Roberto Luongo's gear, getting ready. I was going to be the backup goalie for wow. that night. And I was paying the players on the side to make sure I got in somehow. <laughs> then wow. then the call-up goalie showed up like 25 minutes before warm-up. Oh, what a jerk. I offered him $1,000 <laughs> to go and get lost. <laughs> I go, go, take a cab, back to the airport, say you forgot something. Here's a guy whose dream was to play in the NHL, and he gets called up, and you're like, like no, thousand dollars to get away. I'm not joking. I told the trainers to go tell him. I go, I'll pay him more. I don't care. See, I said it's the something. only position I've never actually played in the NHL. I want to be the first player in history to play every every position. I would have guaranteed amazing. me Hall of Fame with the career I had. There's no, I, I, I have to still pay to get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so with the with the Pareko deal, just to make sure that I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. So that the the deal does not affect the team's cap for this year. So it's not going to help in the Robert Thomas situation, in the uh, situation with potentially bringing Tyler Bozak back. We're we're still kind of waiting on on Vladdy for for that to happen, right? Yeah. So lots of news with Big Daddy Vladdy here this last week. He decided to just show up. Uh, to skate with the guys, which uh, I guess, look, he's under contract. He's a St. Louis Blue. What a baller move. Just screw it. I'm just going to go show up. Jeff, he just walked in and put yeah. his stuff down. He's like, hey, guys. Hello, guys. Uh, how are you doing? Hello, guys. <laughs> how are you doing? It's like Pee Wee Herman after he got busted yeah. in the uh, in the, in the the movie theater. He what came happened? out with the MTV thing and just said, heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> uh, that's what I would have done. I came in with my hockey bag and said, hey, guys, heard any news about me lately? Pretty much. What have you guys been doing all summer? Pretty much, uh, although he wasn't quite that uh, gregarious with the situation. But, yeah, uh, awkward to say the least. Uh, but he jumped on the ice, started practicing, and, I mean, he looks great. He looks healthy. He looks like he's in great shape. He looks like he's ready to go, motivated. Um, so that's the current situation with uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and St. Louis Blues is he's here. He's on the ice. He's getting acclimated with his I guess we'll call them teammates. Um, at I least you can for just now. see the buildings using that exact reaction. He's here. <laughs> you got, you know, like guys, he's here. Jeff, on walkie talkies to each other. Uh, he's here. I, Jeff, bet, I bet you there was. I was standing there and I watched him walk in. I go, oh, hi, Vladdy. He's like, hey, uh, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> how you doing, Jamie? <laughs> hey, Reeve. I'm like, oh, hey. I mean, as as he walks by, does everybody just look around and go, oh, my God, there he is? No, not really. No, not that bad, huh? No, no. I mean, first of all, they have their own entrance, right? So the only people that see it are the players. I, I mean the, the players. That's what I meant. No, players, players are just like, it is what it is. Guys, guys either don't care or they don't have a reaction. It's mm. what it is. You know? right. I mean, why would you have a reaction right now? Guys, are, look, there's still guys from other teams that are skating with the Blues players right now in the offseason from other NHL teams, period. Like, they're out there. So, if Laddie's out there, it's really not a big deal. I think change things change a little bit when it's first day of camp and it's just the St. Louis Blues players, just the team. But, you know what? I think it's a – not only is it a power move by Vladdy, it's a great move. It really is. couple reasons is, one, he gets here early. He gets that awkwardness out of the way. So, now anybody who arrives in St. Louis to skate now or – closer to camp, it's more awkward for them arriving onto the scene. So Vladdy's already gotten all that weirdness out of the way, and now it, it I hate to say it, but it puts the pressure back on Doug Armstrong. Because he's like, I'm here, I'm ready to play. I got that, oh, that awkward thing was going to be really awkward. I got it out of the way. So what are we doing here? 
I saw one, at least one quote, and I I can't wait to see your face when I say this. More, there are more and more people that are thinking they'd be more surprised if he's not here at the start of the season. Um, I think we're running out of time. Are we running out of time? Maybe that's just we logic. got a couple weeks yeah. here. Uh, looking at the calendar, yeah, we get ba- basically ten days before you'd have to really figure out what's going on here. It is what it is, man. I think it. The biggest question is going to be how the Blues um, deploy Vladimir Tarasenko if he is here. If training camp comes around, do you play him in a preseason game? Do you go through with, you know, trying to put him on a power play unit? Do you like how far do you go with this project? And yesterday we had this conversation on the fast lane, Anthony Stalter and I, and I was like, I wouldn't do it. Really? I wouldn't play him. I would healthy scratch him. And the reason I would do that is twofold. One, I don't want I I don't want him to get hurt. I want to make sure that there's no injury because you get an injury and now you're stuck with this player because you can't really move an injured guy. And depending on what the injury is, who knows? It's a lot of variables. And two, I want to make him uh, uncomfortable. Everybody's going out to play the game. Season opener, home opener for the Blues, you know, number 91. Scratch this evening. You know, he's not out on the ice. He's not a part of it. And guys that are dynamic players are you know, star players in general, they have an ego, and that's what makes them good. The swagger that they carry is what separates them in different ways. And so Vladdy not being in a lineup would probably eat him alive, and he might turn at one point and just get angry at the coaching staff. He might get angry at his agent. He might not get angry. He might just say, okay, I've had enough. I'll go wherever the heck you want me to go now. That was my position on it. Now, the flip side to that, Jeff and Donnie, as you guys know, is play the snot out of this guy and hope he rediscovers his offensive ability. Hopefully, like Anthony Stalter said, he goes, hopefully he gets 12 goals in the first two weeks of play, and then the phone is ringing so much you you can pick wherever the heck you want to send him. But he's, he gets 12 goals in the first two weeks. of the. the why not keep him then? Well, there's... You can't. I, I don't think you can. And, and I could tell from the last minute and a half that I've sat here and, and been enthralled by what you're saying. You as the GM, you're done with him. Well, he's done with us. Like, here's the thing. But, is, I mean, what I'm saying is you're not trying to mend the fences. You're like, healthy no, scratch him, blah, blah, blah. But this is the reason exactly what I'm saying is he's done. He's the one who sent the breakup letter. 100%. He's the one that pushed send on the breakup text, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Why would I want somebody who doesn't want to be with me? So it's just from like a business from a business standpoint, just, two weeks he scored twelve goals. You wouldn't want to keep him on the team. No, I, what I look from a business standpoint, that's amazing. Now I have a product that the whole world wants. So now I can name my price because there's no market that's set for this guy at this point. I can set the market because he's, you know, he's shooting the lights out right now. Right. I don't. Ultimately, he doesn't want to be a St. Louis Blue. He said that. He's not happy with the medical attention he received. He's not happy with not getting the captaincy. He's not happy with his role. He's not happy with this. Fine. Great. Go play good. Make it easy on me. That's fine. I am on the other side of it where I wouldn't play him. Um, The breakup is already – that discussion's happened, and I'm not going to make it easy on you because you really didn't make it easy on me by coming out publicly and saying all the things that you said. It made it more difficult, and it's got me in a pickle now because – Robert Thomas is sitting here. I'd like to give him a nice contract extension, a nice bridge deal, get him some money, make him feel good. I'd also like to bring back Tyler Bozak because he's a great team guy. He's still skating with our guys, and he's ready to go here at any point because he loves playing in St. Louis, but I can't sign him because I don't have money because, well, you're taking up that $7.5 million worth of cap space. So am I bitter? 
Yeah. Am I going to be smart about it? Absolutely. Well, but also too, man, and we've guys, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but I, I you know, I, I, it can't be, I think overlooked is even having Vladdy on this roster, like it, it still doesn't feel appropriately like balanced out. I still feel like we're lacking in the defensive end a lot. And I was hoping that Tarasenko would kind of, you know, the, the Tarasenko in. trade would help bring that in, but that's not looking like a possibility anymore. Like, yeah. you know, no Islanders in the mix anymore. It seems like, are there, Jimmy, are there any realistic possibilities that you see out there that, you know, maybe we weren't thinking of before or something that is maybe more prominent now than it was? I mean, is there anything there's only a few teams that actually have cap space to absorb a $7.5 million hit. Of those teams, there's only one team that is on the list that Vladdy would go to. And that team is the Rangers. The Rangers still have a couple of guys they need to sign, some restricted free agents. But as of right now, I forget the number. I had it written down uh, yesterday. They have enough space to bring on a Vladimir Tarasenko if they choose to. Uh, the Seattle Kraken is another team, but I looked at that going, they had their chance. They right. could have signed him. They could have traded. At some point, Army would have taken a bucket of pucks if they took the entire salary. So if that's the case, why would they do it now? You know. So I, I think that they decided they're not going to do that. The Nashville Predators have $11.5 million of cap space. Problem is you're probably not going to deal with the Nashville Predators within your own division. I can't see that happening. The other teams are Buffalo and Ottawa. They both have $28 million worth of cap space. Vladdy will never sign off on a trade to either of those places. The Detroit Red Wings have $20 million of cap space. I think they're too far away. I think Vladdy would go there because of how how good Steve Eiserman is at his job and how amazing that franchise has been since Mr. Illich took over years and years and years mm-hmm. ago. But I think they're too far away for Vladdy. With two years left on his contract, I don't think that team's good enough to help Vladdy with his next deal. So I think the answer would be No. On that one as well. After that, guys, the Arizona Coyotes are a team. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Ugh. Like, our list is is not really fantastic. The Minnesota Wild have some room. Oh, that's right. They're in the Central Division, and they're really good, too. Probably not going to give them Vladimir Tarasenko. And they're still dealing with all that dead cap space from, from you know, Parisi and Suter, right? They are, but they also have Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill the Thrill, they've got to get him mm, signed that's as right. well. So, you know, if you're, if you're Minnesota, my... My primary objective is signing the Russian that I have, not the one that I don't have. What at what point? And we mentioned earlier, you know, we're ten days away from the first. Yeah, roughly ten days, somewhere around there, whatever it is. It's the, it's this month. We yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. So it, good, good job. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's well it on the show today. Um, <laughs> you you said twice now. Hey, I wouldn't trade him within a division. Is there a certain point closer and closer to the beginning of the season where you, you would throw that out the window? Yeah, I guess there's always a certain point where you would do that. Um, you know, but you better make sure your return is good then. I would not trade him within the division going it's a salary dump where I'm giving you a player basically for free. That's not happening. Okay. If you're in my division, you're giving me a rostered player that I can use, a player that I want. So to your point earlier, Donnie, if somebody has a defenseman that is a three, four, five defenseman somewhere in there. And you want Vladimir Tarasenko in Nashville? Well, you better pony up with one of those young D-men you have because I want that in return. That would be the only way I would deal with the team in the Central Division. Uh, you brought up the word, the the D-word. Uh, I heard you yesterday on your I program. Bring that up a lot. Yeah, it's always up. Defense, Donnie. Stop it. Defense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Donnie. What the hell's wrong? You with brought you? up Perunovic. Said he's flying out there. Yeah, he's he's looking great now. Look, it's it's summer skates. 
And so I trust me, there are a lot of players that were incredible in the summer. Right. And then you needed the FBI to find them when the season started. <laughs> uh, but no, Scott Perunovich right now, uh, I think that as advertised, he's looked fantastic. He's he, my only concern is he's really small. He's small. His 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 build is smaller too. I worry that. You know, playing defensive hockey against a guy like Nathan McKinnon. Let's just use him as an example. He's six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, solid muscle, speed. That's a lot to handle. You don't have to worry about the Ryan Reeves and that kind of stuff anymore. Those guys are few and far between. Mm-hmm. But even like the Matthew Kachucks of the world, and I see Matthew a couple of times a week, and you know he's six two, two fifteen. Like it's a lot of hockey player to deal yeah, with. And it's a lot of Kachuk. It's a lot of Kachuk, yeah. It's not as much as Big Walt, but it's it's a lot. Um, so I worry on the defensive side how he might do. Oh, he is then. But from an offensive standpoint and the ability to skate and move the puck and find guys, it's incredible. Yeah. He, I mean, he puts pucks through traffic, tape to tape. He's got a, a really hard shot, which will translate very well to points on the power play. I think the future is Scott Perunovich. I just don't know how soon that is. And I don't know how soon it is, too, when you have a Tory Krug already. You know, Do you want two really small guys in your lineup that are basically not the same player but really close as far as what their skill sets are? I don't know. I'm worried that the Blues don't have that number four defenseman. And it doesn't help the Blues for this season, but I just looked him up. You got time with Perunovic. He just turned 23. Oh, God, yeah. you got. He, he's still on his entry-level deal. Yeah. You've got team control for a long time. You're going to want to develop him properly because he is your future. He's your future power play quarterback, and you want to make sure that he's ready to go. And you bring up Krug, and then you have Wallman in the back of your head, and then you have this guy, Perunovic. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a million times. You got a bunch of second basemen out there. You got a bunch of smaller, yeah. undersized defensemen still. I worry that we have top three right now. And I said this yesterday. We're, we're not worry. I, I'm happy we have Krug, Falk, and Pareko. That for the next five years at least, we're going to have those three. And then beyond that, with Krug and then obviously with Pareko's new contract. But then you drop, you know, you got Marco Scandella, who's probably going to be in your top four. I don't want to say by default, but he's probably the most qualified to be there. But to me, he's a 5'6 defenseman. He's a 5. So you're really missing another four to to kind of round that out. Now, it's not impossible, guys. And this is where I, I tread lightly. It's not impossible for one of these young guys to have made some big strides in the offseason. The problem is that last year was a shortened season. Had last year been an 82-game season and some one of some of these younger guys played 60, 70 games, you know, went home over the summer, trained, come back, tons of confidence. You're like, okay, you know what, maybe he can make that. Maybe Wallman's ready. Maybe Mikola's ready. I'm not sure. Maybe these guys can do it. But with the shortened season last year, it almost takes two full shortened seasons to equal one season, and now you're going to promote somebody from within to playing 18 to 20 minutes a game. It's a big jump. It's a Huge. big jump. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to ask this, and I know that this is most likely not feasible, but I'm just in my head uh, just trying to figure out ways how to get the, the defense a little bit bigger. You know, would there ever— Steroids are banned. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> would there ever be—man, And this doesn't even make sense even to say it, so I know it doesn't, but like in, in flipping Tory Krug for a bigger— uh, for a different type oh, yeah. of defenseman? It absolutely makes sense, Donnie. Well, it makes sense, but like that, I mean, that's not, 
I mean, he has a no trade, I know. And I mean, the, the, the possibilities of that happening. at how players feel if they know a team is looking to make a deal. And let's say they talk to Tory Krug or his representatives. And I'm not saying that's happened. I'm not saying that it's even an issue. But if Scott Perunovich comes in onto the scene and you're like, hey, I think this kid can do it. There are teams that need a Tory Krug right now, and in exchange for that, they're going to give us one of their top four left-handed six foot three, six foot four defensemen. And now we have more balance. I could see Doug Armstrong entertaining that. I could also see Doug Armstrong entertaining something to do with Justin Falk if need be. I think that he would be willing to explore that. I think that Colton Pareko is untouchable. The rest of the decor, I don't believe, are untouchable. I don't. I don't think they're like they're not at the top of the list or the first ones you're thinking of, but I don't think they're untouchable. Yeah, but if you're going to move Justin Folk, what are you going to move Justin Folk for? Because it seems like that would be trading away something that we're already light on. You know what I'm saying? As far as like a big body defenseman, yeah, well, yeah. Justin Fox is small. No, it's guy. not. It's not a, the big body. He's only like five ten, five eleven. Wider. He's a little SpongeBob Square guy out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, SpongeBob Square, yeah. <laughs> and I like Justin Falk. Yeah, no, I do. I thought he I had a great season. But what I'm saying ultimately, if somebody is coveting a uh, veteran right-handed shot, top four defenseman, and they have a slew of younger guys who are potentially available, maybe had a two or three million dollar cap hit, played 14, 15 minutes a game last year, but you can tell that he's projected to be a 20 minute a game guy. Maybe you make that trade. You have to explore it. I got to tell you something. I don't like the feeling that I have right now. Oh, boy. And it's perfect, and it's exactly do have, how— Do you have to go potty? No, no, I don't. They make a medicine for that. But no, it's, 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 it, it is how myself, as a non-rational sports fan, is looking at my hockey team two months early. I, I'm, I'm already panicking about the D, so that we're not going to okay. be tough enough, all that same, okay, same thing. Hang on. So let me, let me polish this up a little bit for you here. When I speak of the St. Louis Blues situation, I'm always thinking Stanley Cup. Yeah. Okay? Always. So now, if I'm just thinking to be competitive in the division, to get off the ground here, get started, and see where you're at, make the playoffs, the Blues have plenty on the back end right now. They have more than enough talent. They have more than enough skill. All that stuff, they're ready to go. But if I'm looking to order the rings... Then on my wish list is another top four defenseman, a big, gritty guy, preferably a left-handed shot. That's on my wish list. Could that be in October, November, December, January, trade deadline, whatever that is? Yeah, it could be. Sure. It doesn't necessarily have to be now. So if anybody, one of some of our listeners are like, man, I'm really worried about the Blues, don't be worried about the Blues. They're going to be just fine when it comes to regular season and getting this thing, getting this this battleship in motion. So I just want to clear that up. They've got a lot of talented guys on the blue line that can do a good job. Ultimately, though, if they're going to want to order those rings, I think you need an upgrade. Well, and also, too, man, we, we you know, just as hockey fans, man, we saw Colorado and we saw even Vegas to a certain, I mean, we saw what they were capable of and we saw what the Blues did. And so I think it was just very easy for us to tell with our eyes we're not quite there yet. I, I'm one of those people that I can't wait for the season because I enjoy watching hockey and I enjoy this program and everything. But I want to see how close or if that window still open for us. Because it seemed like to me that window opened and then started closing pretty quickly after everybody said, oh, you got a five, six year window. I don't I see it kind of closing. I could be completely wrong. But I'm I'm curious to see where we are next to Colorado, next to Vegas, once they start playing. Yeah, I think the window is just fine right now. 
I think what Doug Armstrong has done is gone gone away from, hey, we have a couple of electric players that can you know put some points up on the board, and he's gone for more of a death by a thousand cuts. Army says it all the time, and you truly have six 20-goal scorers on your roster, potentially seven. Certainly you have a potential for eight or nine of 10 to 15 goals. That's a good, powerful offense. Now, is it going to blow your – your socks off with highlights and YouTube reels? No, probably not. They're probably going to be pretty gritty goals, pretty standard, pretty second or third chance opportunity. Doesn't matter. They're going in the net. So I do think the window is there. I think you could tweak a few things up front. It just needs to be cleaned. The window just needs to be cleaned a little bit. But ultimately, Jeff, to your point, if you're looking at this window and you really, truly want an opportunity to win a championship, you have to add a top four defenseman. That's the one thing that's missing. You have an NHL, not you have a Stanley Cup champion goalie. Ville Husso is going to be a very, very good backup goalie this season. You have all the accent pieces on your blue line. You need that one more guy if you're going to keep that window to where you're like, hey, the window's open and this could be it. And uh, congratulations to Jordan Bennington for uh, getting engaged. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Did you not see How about that? that? I did not. No, no. Oh, yeah. Did the whole got down on the knee and had somebody taking the photos He got and down stuff. the butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, Sorry. I, I just, Damn it. I, Why did I think of that? And this really it. pretty much goes with every player because I'm a nerd, but I really want to meet Jordan Bennington. He you just seems like yet? a cool guy. Dude, I haven't met any of these guys no. hardly, man. No, no. I thought that we were going to have the opportunity last year, but the GD COVIDs and such kept mm. us from doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Jordan I'm hoping. Jordan a quiet guy, a nice guy. Uh, you know, he, he, I can see where people might think, well, I'm not sure if, uh, what, if he likes me type thing. He's just very quiet, quiet to That's, himself. I mean, you could say that about 90% of the NHLers. You think? Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't. I mean, I say I'm. I'm saying as far as when they meet you, they seem very reserved and kept to themselves. Maybe I'm. Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, please tell me. You do constantly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would be ninety percent. I think there's a lot of uh, outgoing personalities. Once they get to know you, yeah. is what I'm. What I'm just well, saying. Yeah, if Jeff, he walked up to him and said and hello, introduce yourself to guys in the shower. It's a little bit alarming. <laughs> I, a little you, bit. Yeah. You need oh, to wait. I, but I had. I had the microphone with me. It that wasn't w- plugged in. It wasn't a microphone. Also, too, and this is horrible, and we're going to end it th- with this because I'm not going to let you two go on after this, but I was opening a pack of 1990 hockey cards, and, and I got a Shane Corson card. Oh, yeah. And I can never, ever see that man's name without thinking of everything that Jeff Burton has ever said uh-huh. about that. About it, about that. He didn't actually have a cup on in that picture. You probably thought he did. Guy was huge for our team. He really was. was. He He had one of the longer sticks on the team, didn't he? He was a a big-time player. Well, I don't mean— It had its own contract. Well, listen, Mm -hmm. if there is anything that will— There's a few few times where he was actually a healthy scratch, but it wasn't. It's a good point. Damn it. I completely lost— Guy runs a three-legged race alone. All right. No Last Minute Blues podcast next week because I'm getting surgery. He needed two helmets. So that probably means that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to get traded next week since I am not going to be here. We'll be back the week after next. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, as always. Thanks for listening to Let's Go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. 
New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.